Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This program is brought to you weekly by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. Stay tuned for today's message. Good morning and welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast again. And we're thankful to have you tune in with us here on the program on behalf of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi, where I'm the pastor at, as well as Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi. We would warmly invite you to come and worship with us on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. in Caledonia or in Ackerman, Mississippi, as well as on Wednesday nights, you can come see us in Starkville, Mississippi at 6 p.m. where we meet for worship every Wednesday night at the New Covenant Church building at 200 West Garrett Road in Starkville. We invite you to go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com, subscribe to our podcast, and find churches that may be closer to you. You can also go to macedonia-pbc.org for other sermons as well as sermon series that I have undertaken during my time on the radio program, and we hope all of that content can be a blessing for you. We'd certainly love to hear from you. Please contact us. Please email us. We would love to correspond with you, to answer any questions, or to help you or pray for you in any way. So we would love to have you email us at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. Today we would like to continue our series on the will of God as we look at various aspects of God's will, God's providential will, and how do we discern God's providential will for our life. So We hope the Lord will bless our consideration of that this morning. We hope to bring that message for you right after this song, so please stay tuned on the program today.
Good morning again, and welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. We are very thankful to have you tune in with us and stay with us here on the program. My name is Elder David Wise, and I've been trying to go through during my weeks on the program aspects of the will of God. And we have considered three different aspects of the will of God, and now we are focusing on God's providential will. What is God's providential will for my life? What is the individual pathway? What are the individual steps through which God is guiding me so I can exercise and undertake and, and live out my most abundant life. Because that's just, that's his desire as a Heavenly Father is for you to live out your most abundant life. But how do I discern that? God's promised us. He's going to guide us with his eye. Even if you make a bad inclination, you devise your own way, the Lord will direct your steps, Okay. And we tried to emphasize for you last time, do not fall into the trap of comparing your life to others. Don't fall into the trap of comparing yourself to others on social media or saying that if I haven't reached this achievement by a certain age or by a certain time or in a certain way, or some people look down on this profession or some people look down on this location, that I'm going to despise that. I'm going to forego the will of God. I'm going to reject the will of God because of my own preconceived notions or by comparing myself to others. And you don't want to diminish your fruitfulness in the kingdom by moping around all the time saying, oh, I'm not where I need to be. Oh, I wish I had blah, 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 blah. Listen, embrace the season of waiting that you're in and utilize this season to the best of your ability. And if you do that, you will find that you will learn lessons in your season of waiting that is vitally important when God's will blossoms and comes to fruition in your life, okay? So don't fall into the trap of comparing yourself with other people and don't fall into the trap of saying just because I haven't met some metric by a certain time that might be common with other people that somehow I'm broken or I'm not doing something right or I'm not walking in the will of God. No, it may be God's will for you to just learn something, learn a vitally important lesson during this period of waiting. So how do I discern God's will for my life? And as you can well tell, we are having to spend a lot of time discerning this. We are considering multiple messages on this. This is not something that we can unpack in one message. So I would encourage you to please listen to the whole series and, and continue to tune in with us because, again, we cannot unpack all this for you in one message and we hope that you will listen to all of these. Once, Lord willing, once this is complete, you'll listen to all of these together and that we will have a better understanding of, of how to discern God's will for my life than hopefully we did before we began this series. So what's God's will for my life? Well, that is the question, isn't it? That's the challenging question. Because God's will for my life is different than God's will for your life. So how do I discern that? We need wisdom. We need to spend much time in prayer. But we have to understand the basic framework for God's providential will. And that's what we really want to focus on. What is the framework for God's providential will in your life? And what I mean by that is God in his commanded will, in his word, he has set a fence, so to say. He has set a parameter that you cannot go beyond. And if you go beyond, it is just disobedience. It's sin. It's right and wrong. But within the fence 
of obedience, boy, there is great wisdom and discernment that we need. So what's the framework? What's the framework through which we make godly decisions? We've considered the specific clarifications of God's will of being some of those examples is for you to live a sanctified life, for you to not commit fornication, for you to give thanks, for you to respect authority, and then ones that are not specifically articulated as being the will of God, but are very important in our discussion today. One of the most important overarching focuses and lens through which that we need to make decisions is Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, seek you first the kingdom of God. Now, there are some decisions we can make that we could grit our teeth and say, oh, well, maybe it's the right thing, maybe it's not. But it's not about right and wrong. It's about good, better, and best and the most abundant life, right? So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So I would encourage you to put that statement at the very forefront of your mind as you are making decisions and trying to discern God's will. Seek you first the kingdom of God, because so much takes care of itself if you're truly putting the kingdom of God first and foremost. So let's look at some examples. I'm trying to discern a job. I'm trying to discern a job that I might take in another state, or let's even back up before you're maybe ready to start your career. I'm deciding what college to go to, okay? What college do I go to? Well, there's a lot of factors to consider. Obviously, there are financial factors. There are major factors. What do you want to do? What spiritual gifts do you have that you think may translate into a career? And what are the talents that I have? What are my interests? And you take all of those things and you try to think about Lord, what will thou have me to do? What, what kind of a career would you have me to pursue? And think about all those things. And obviously your major, your career path should dictate your schooling. So there are many factors that would dictate you making a decision on a college. And there are no sinful and righteous colleges, right? A college is just a college, okay? But if you choose, if you think that this major is perfect for you and the, and the very best program and the whole country is out in North Dakota where there's no churches at all in that state, well, maybe that is a good major for you, but that's not where you need to go to get that education, okay? Why? Because I'm making this decision through the framework and through the lens of seeking first the kingdom of God. And God also knows your priorities in doing that because some people would say, oh, okay, well, you know, there's a church there, but it's an hour and a half away. Now, that's better than nothing, but listen, the purpose of you going to church is not for you to just check a box so you can call your parents on Sunday afternoon and say, I went to church. It's for you to be actively involved in that body so you are spiritually growing during these vitally important time periods as a college student, okay? So we don't just say, okay, what school do I want to go to? Oh, well, there's a church. It's an hour and a half away. Now, I'm not saying that's 100% the wrong decision, but I want to tell you that there may be some other universities that have churches right there that can be vitally important to you and you not be isolated, okay? And again, a lot of this is not right and wrong, okay? This is between you and the Lord. <laughs> I want to make sure we understand that as we continue to go through this. I can't tell you what the right decision is for you. That's between you and the Lord, and the Lord will give you clarity in that. 
So you don't need to go to school if there is not an active church that you can be engaged in to grow in your spiritual walk. If you're going to go out to Alaska or North Dakota and there's no churches out there, then you just simply don't need to go to that school. And and that makes things very simple, doesn't it? But the problem is there's a lot of good churches in a lot of proximities of universities, right? So that allows you to cross some people off, but that still leaves leaves a whole lot of other ones. And again, financial decisions are a factor. Your desire to be close to family is a factor. Many, many factors. Okay, now you've chosen a college. You've chosen a college, and now you are choosing your first job. What's my career? I've chosen my major. There's a lot of factors that go into choosing that major and discerning God's will in your major, and much can be said about that. But now I've chosen my major, I've got my degree, uh, and I have an offer to take two jobs. And I had this exact offer. I had a job to go to a larger town, a larger city that would not have really been a good fit for me, and but I would make more money doing it. Or I could go back and work for a local firm back home, and I felt more comfortable going back home because that was the right fit for me. But you have two choices. And again, let's just first of all make the decision very clear. One of them is that job out in North Dakota. And you're going to work on some pipeline and you're going to make right out of school, you're going to make $100,000 working on a pipeline. So clearly, if somebody's offering you that much money, it must be the will of God, right? Oh, no, 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 no. Not if I'm seeking the kingdom of God first and there's no churches in North Dakota. God's not going to lead me to go to North Dakota, right? Instead, God's going to guide me to the right situation where I can be the most fruitful in the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So how do I discern what God's best career is for me? Now, there's some careers that obviously are sinful. You can't choose to be a serial killer. You can't choose to be a drug dealer. You can't choose to break the law for a living, right? Obviously, that's against God's commanded will. But there's a whole lot of legal things you could do. But also, in a a very practical sense, I don't think it's good for you to work for a beer company. I don't think it's good for you to be employed by Budweiser or Jack Daniels or Jose Cuervo. I mean, I don't think that's a good witness for you to be employed by an alcoholic company. Okay. Many other examples could be given as well. Some of these corporations that actively support ungodly causes. Those are probably not good environments for you to go in. So there's some things that you can just easily X out, right? But there's many things that you can't. I don't know. I don't know what the right career is for me. I mean, do I want to be a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a carpenter, a plumber, an accountant, whatever. But then even after I've chosen my career, I'm I've been in the accounting profession the whole time that I've been working, and I've worked multiple different jobs, and my career's taken a couple different turns, and I've had important decisions to make, and I've really had to discern God's will in that. So number one, what path do you choose of what career? But even within that career path, I've chosen the career path of accounting. But within that, what particular job do I take? If I've got job A and job B, and this one pays more, but I got to work on Sundays, and the church isn't that close, but this one doesn't pay as much, but I can be at church every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Bible study, everything. Well, I would believe that most likely the Lord is going to guide you to put his kingdom first and you take the lower paying job. And that's something we have to learn to understand is that God many times will guide us to take the lower paying job. Now, what career do you end up in? I don't personally think that God calls you to be any career, okay? I think every person has individual talents 
And you need to use those talents and you need to use those interests. And by the way, your spiritual gifts will many times lead into career decisions. So you have this spiritual gift of mercy. You have this spiritual gift of compassion. Well, you may go into a medical profession and be a nurse. You have the spiritual gift of ruling and leadership. Well, God may put you in a position of management to lead others. So you have spiritual gifts that manifest themselves in the body of Christ, but much of those spiritual gifts are going to be manifested in your profession and in your career as well. So you discern that. What are my talents? What are my interests? What possible careers could I have? What spiritual gifts do I have that could be manifested in a professional sense? But really, I don't think God really cares that much what job you have. Now, he providentially guides to put you in the right job at the right time. And I, I know that's been the case with me. And that's one of the most important things of God's providential will is putting you in the right place at the right time. But the overarching framework through which you make decisions, one of those important principles is Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23. Whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Okay? Whatsoever you do. And that's different for each person, isn't it? When you go to work every day, you've chosen what you're going to do that day. You've chosen your profession. But when you go to work, when you undertake the profession that you have chosen in your field, whatever you choose to do, and you have a degree of liberty in whatever you choose to do, whatever you choose to do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. So use your talents. You know, it'd be very foolish to pick a career that didn't align with my talents. But if I choose a career that aligns with my talents, now, whatever I choose to do, do it heartily. And not just choosing a career that aligns with your talents, but choosing the right job within that career. And if you just do that, if you show up every day with a good attitude and a smile on your face and you help others and you don't gossip and you don't backbite, and whatever you do, you do it heartily, let me tell you, those are the kind of people that managers want to promote. So your career will take care of itself, that whatever you do, you, you just do your best. And you act like you're serving the Lord in doing that. And if you do, it'll take care of itself. So how do I choose a career? Well, there's some things that are explicitly wrong, but outside of that, choose your talents. Evaluate. What do I enjoy doing? What spiritual gifts do I have? But whatever you choose to do, you do it heartily. That's the framework, okay? That's the focus. The lens through which you make that decision is whatever you do, do it heartily as serving the Lord. Because we spend a lot of time at our jobs, don't we? We spend a lot of time at our profession. And our goal is that we use that time to glorify God, right? And that's why it's so important that you put the kingdom first. Okay, now, who do I choose to marry, right? Boy, that's a big, isn't it? How do I discern God's will and who to marry? Well, we've mentioned this multiple times in this series because it's a very clear-cut example. They need to be a believer in Jesus Christ. Be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. But there's a lot of believers out there, aren't there? So who do I choose to marry? Well, again, a lot of factors to consider. Personal compatibility, attraction, how well your personalities mesh, and do you love that person? I mean, do you really enjoy spending time with that person? So many factors to consider. Now, if they're not a believer, it's a done deal. It's just like that job in North Dakota. You just exit off the list. That's simple. If they're an unbeliever, you exit them off the list. Just that simple. But who do I choose to marry? Well, God will guide you with clarity to the right person at the right time if it's God's will for you to be married. 
okay? And I know I had to wait a little bit longer than I would have preferred, but boy, she sure was worth the wait. If you wait on God's will, he has something so much better for you than you could have ever imagined. And I also want to present for your consideration in the context of marriage. Some people say, oh, I have a soulmate. There's one person out there out of these, you know, six billion people on the earth and half of them are the other gender. There's three billion people on this earth. And I have one soulmate out there that I've got to find. I can't find, according to the word of God, where there's a predestinated soulmate for every person. Now, is there a best case scenario where this is the best person for you? Absolutely there is, right? And God's going to guide you in that. But some people put this soulmate idea, in my mind, the unbiblical idea of a one singular soulmate, and they put it up on such a pedestal that they don't submit in discerning God's will. There's not just one singular person that you could be happy with in this. If they're a believer and they are devoted to the kingdom of God first and foremost, and all these examples we're talking about, they give thanks, they respect authority, they live a sanctified life, they work hard and heartily in whatever they do. And ultimately, if y'all love one another and you love the Lord, I believe there, there's a lot of people that you could have a very fulfilling, happy life with. But I'll tell you, God will providentially guide you to the right person, okay? And I can speak from experience. He sure did that in my life. But God will guide you to the right person. And there's a lot of factors that go into that. But he doesn't tell you on the front end, this is who I would have you to marry. No, you have to pray for wisdom. You have to pray for wisdom. So your career, your spouse, where do I live? Where do I live? Where do I go? What jobs do I take? What house do I buy? All these different things. How do I discern these things? You discern them through the lens of these very simplistic statements, and then you have to have wisdom to discern what the right decision is through that lens. You discern these decisions through the lens of seeking first the kingdom of God. You discern these things through whatsoever you do. Do it heartily as unto the Lord. Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it to the glory of God. You give thanks. You respect authority. All these things, God gives you clarity in doing that. I want to go back to choosing a spouse for a moment. Yes, we've said that they need to be a believer, but also speaking practically, I think that you need to have common doctrinal beliefs prior to marriage. Now, the Lord has guided in his providence, praise the Lord, that there have been many interdenominational marriages that have been blessed. People have been converted. People have still had happy marriages, even though they believe different things. But I would encourage you to pursue as a first possibility. Now, that's that's not to say you you never would consider people of other faiths, but as a first possibility, I would encourage you to pursue spouses that believe the same thing as you. And I'm an old Baptist. I'm a pruned Baptist. And my desire was to pursue someone who was a baptized, primitive Baptist believer, not just a believer in Christ, but a baptized, primitive Baptist believer. And thankfully, the Lord opened that door to allow me to marry someone with common beliefs. So that's important as well. One of the most important things as we discern God's will is not treating it like a bare minimum requirement and I check the box and then I move on. And what I mean by that is, oh, I really like this guy. I really like this girl. And they say they're a believer, but their life is not where it ought to be. You're trying to check the bare minimum box instead of raising that 
to not the bare minimum box that they're a believer, but raising the bar to are they seeking the kingdom of God first and foremost, okay? We're not looking for bare minimum requirements to check the boxes to make ourselves feel better about making a decision that we want to make that probably just satisfies ourselves. okay? We're not looking for the bare minimum requirements. Most of these, Most of these lenses and frameworks through which we make decisions, it raises the bar, right? It's not just the bare minimum of a believer. No, that person needs to be seeking first the kingdom of God, okay? We'll come back and we'll revisit this together. How do I discern God's will for my life in specific in the next message? But then also we'll just continue making our way through this. How do we discern God's will? How do we pray for wisdom? How do we know the way that God is guiding us in? And we hope that the Spirit will bless us to articulate this to where you can have a better understanding of this teaching from the Word of God to give us better clarity, to be better equipped, to walk according to God's will, His good, acceptable, and perfect will in our lives of discipleship. May God bless you. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist church in your area. Visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com to search for a Primitive Baptist church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find additional contact information. This program is also available on iTunes under podcasts with the title, The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Baptist radio broadcast. If you enjoy our program, send us an email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. Come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 And tune in next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray that God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful.